הרי מי כאשר את מי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש מאשר בארץ המה ובפרט רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו עולם נחן לא ועמקו חוכמה רבנו נחמן נפג בן שמחה נע נח נחמן נחמן נאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן אז ברוך השם today we start uh, the first part of תורה סמך תורה סקסטי ודיקות המורנטיניאנה we're going to split it up into two parts for today and tomorrow's podcast בעזרת השם starting At the beginning of the lesson. When there's wars in the world, when there are wars that are present in the world, reason dictates that, there, that prices shall rise, things shall become more expensive. Because now that there's a war in the world, um, the curse of Cain has been awakened. And this is the curse. Hashem says, when you work the land, when you work the earth, it will no longer yield its strength to you. And this is said about Cain, after Cain murdered his brother, Hever. This is the curse for murder. Now that, that there's murder in the world, meaning that there's wars, and from wars obviously come murder. Because this uh, curse was said about murder. Because the earth must respond this way. When there's murder that takes place in the world. Why? Because how is rain created? Rain is created from the mist that rises from the earth. A mist rose up from the earth and then it watered the entire face of the earth. From the land. It watered the entire face of the land. Meaning what? Once the mist rises, it creates rain, which creates all this fruitful plentiness across the earth. It creates uh, all this bounty on the earth. And it waters the earth. So rain stems from this mist. Because from this mist which rises, or from these mists which rises from the earth, From this comes rain. But when there's war and when there's murder and spilling of blood that takes place, then from the mist comes this concept of murder. Meaning it's blood. The mist transforms into blood and it doesn't have that power to, to create rain. Um, um, as we just uh, explained the process. And the same is true with many other nations. Mitzrayim, the Ammon and Moab, the Egyptians, Ammon, Moab, Kshenibal, Mapartam, when the Navi uh, prophesied about their, their downfall. Nehemarsham, it says over there, Be'et Edam, at the time of their disaster, Edam. But Rabbeinu is going to play with this word. As we see many times, it happened towards the end of the, the prophet Yomia. The book Yomia, it says at the, towards the, the last few chapters, 40, chapter 46, 48, 49, it brings this idea of Edam. Literally, it can be translated as disaster at the time of their disaster. But Rabban was playing with Edam to be Bechinat Edimanar. This is the aspect of the mists we mentioned above. That through these mists, um, or from these mists, are created the spilling of blood, as we said above. Meaning that these mists don't have the power to transform into rain, but rather into blood. Um, sorry, I skipped. The uh, Arken. And therefore, therefore, whenever there's war and there's blood, the spilling of blood that takes place in the world, then the strength gives its force to there, meaning to the blood and to the war, not towards rain. 
Because from the mist which arise from the earth, then to, then it yields its strength and it puts its strength toward this this blood, this spilling of blood. And therefore the rains do not fall. Because the rains are created from those mists. But those mists aren't putting its force into that rain. It puts its force into blood and war. And now from these mists come an entirely different thing. Not rain anymore. It's an entirely different idea than which is the spilling of blood. Which is also a very deep reason as to why it's in the Torah. Hashem says uh, to, to heaven, uh, to, sorry, to Cain, after he killed his brother heaven, that the blood of his brother is crying to him from the earth. Um, is crying out to God from the earth. Uh, so we see this idea, how the blood, um, how the mist transforms into blood, etc. Rather than putting its force into rain and to producing uh, fruit and all this abundance. This is what the Chachamim say in the Gemara Ta'anit, page 8b. At the time of rains, Chachamim, when it's raining, even armies cease marching. Even the armies stop to march. And now, Rabbi Lutheran explain why. Because when there's rains, rains, uh, sorry, armies and wars are halted. Why? Because we said the rain is the exact opposite of that Shfichut Damim. That when there's blood and war, um, when there's blood and war, then the mist transform that uh, into this aspect of uh, blood, not rain. When there's no blood and war, then it's able. The mist is able to transform into uh, rain. So we see the army stop marching. Why? Because at the time of rain, meaning that there's no blood and war, then the army stop. There's no. There's no need for it. Now it's connected as to why the Chachamim say when Rabbi Akiva was imprisoned by the Romans Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai the author of the Zohar Kadosh he told the student of Rabbi Akiva he told Rabbi Akiva Rabbi, my Rabbi lamdeni Torah, teach me Torah and if not I will tell Yochai my father and he will hand you over to the government, to the Roman government. Look at Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Look at the, look what he's telling his own teacher, Rabbi Akiva. Look at the strength that you have to have, the azut diktushad, the the holy boldness that you need to have to tell one of the greatest sages of our history, Rabbi Akiva. <laughs> I will put you in prison if you don't teach me Torah. Look at this. Rabbanu says these words are very, very temuim. They're they're very perplexing. Rabbi Shimon would say such things to his teacher, that he would hand them over to the government. And not only that, and also, we can ask another question. Also, it's most likely, if Rabbi Akiva did not want to teach him Torah, it is certain that Rabbi Akiva had good intentions with this, not obviously that he wanted to go away from the Torah. So, there's a reason why Rabbi Akiva was not wanting to teach Rabbi Shimon. And also, wasn't Rabbi Akiva already imprisoned? So how could Rabbi Shimon even hand him over to the government if he's already imprisoned by the government? So what did that mean? We see three Incredible questions on this Gemara that is brought in Gemara Pesachim, page 112. Arda, Rabbeinu says, however, no. Because also for one, 
also through one who gives Torah in public, and other students who are not fitting, who aren't holy, who aren't appropriate for the lesson, are there listening. Rabbeinu says, when improper students are listening to Torah that is given in public, then what? Through this comes a drought, when rain stops to fall. Because we know through the honor of the Torah comes rain. The glory of Hashem was seen in the cloud. And we know through the cloud comes rain. So the glory of Hashem was seen in the cloud. And the cloud is what causes rain. The God of glory thunders. We see that glory is responsible for thunder. Hashem is upon the vast waters, meaning the waters of rain. Meaning the waters of rain, the rain we're talking about. That glory is associated with rain that we see in this verse. That rain comes through the glory of Hashem. And what is the glory of Hashem? Which is, this is the glory of the Torah. This is the honor of the Torah. So you see that the honor of the Torah is what brings rain. But one who teaches Torah to a student who isn't proper. The Chachamim said that it's as if a person threw a stone in Machkulis. What is Machkulis? The Chachamim explained. Um, look in the Tosfot, Gemara Sanhedrin, page 64. Um, the title of that Tosfot is called Machkulis. Look over there. Tosfot explains this idea. She Machkulis Perosho Machkilus. That Machkulis, what it really means is. Two words, mar kilus. What does that mean? Hano This means the reverse of glory. Mar kilus is the reverse of glory. Nimza, we find. So now we're going to see that one who teaches Torah to a student who isn't worthy causes the reverse of glory, mar kilus. It's as if you threw a stone to a mar kulis. What's a mar kulis? It's a mar kilus. It's, it's a reverse, an exchange of glory, meaning that the glory is being switched. Instead of the glory of the Torah, which is being revealed. Now, there's no glory of the Torah. It's the reverse of glory. And now, if the glory of Torah is what brings down rain, and now there's a reverse of glory, then the Torah, the Kabbalah of the Torah is being diminished, and now the rain, obviously, is being diminished. We see that when one teaches Torah to a student who isn't proper, who isn't fitting, it's, as, it's the opposite of glory. And therefore, through this comes a drought. Which is the opposite of glory. That through that kavod comes rain. Through that kavod comes rain. But now that there's no kavod, there's a reverse of kavod. Then it's not. Um, then there is uh, what do you call? Then there is drought. And this is an explanation. This is the aspect of what is brought down in Mishle chapter twenty-six. Twenty-six. Like rain at harvest time. So honor is unfitting a fool. Like rain that falls at the time of harvest, which is obviously not a very good thing. So honor is unfitting a fool. Meaning they don't match. Meaning when you teach Torah to a student who is improper, which is the, um, which is the second aspect of the verse, one who gives uh, the fool honor. Which is not fitting, obviously. That you give the kavod of the Torah to a foolish person, which is basically, you're taking the kavod of the Torah, which you're teaching in public, and you're giving it to a student who isn't worthy, a foolish student. 
that you damage the rain, as we said, like rain at harvest time, meaning that there's a damage in the aspect of kshamim, it's not coming in the right time, there's a blemish. This is what we see at the beginning of the verse. When you give honor to a fool, meaning when you give the honor of the Torah to a fool, a person who isn't fitting for it, it's like a blemish in the rain. It's like a rain during harvest time. It's a dam- there's a damage in the rain that descends. It's not coming down at the proper time. Because at the time of harvest, on the contrary, the rain is damaging. So is honor unfitting for a fool, as we said. Because through that honor that you give to a fool, this is what damages the rain. This is what creates damage to rain, as we said above. Now, Rabbi is going to explain why Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai told Rabbi Akiva that idea, as we said above. Teach me Torah, and if not, I'll tell my father to put you in prison, basically, to hand you over to the governor. Because Rabbi Akiva was assembling groups in public and teaching Torah in the public. Rabbi Shimon thought that because of that, he was put in prison. Because of the fact that he was teaching in public. And Rabbi Shimon knew this idea. And he was saying, perhaps other people weren't proper who were listening to the Torah. Because Rabbi Shimon knew, um, or he thought perhaps there were an unfitting people that were listening to the Torah. And through the Chidushet Torah that a person reveals, through the novelties of Torah that one reveals, through this you draw down godliness. Rabbi Akiva was drawing down godliness into the world, as it says in the verse in Shemot chapter 25, and let them take for me a donation. God says, take for me a donation. Meaning, when they want to take and to draw me down, it's impossible unless you do it through the Torah. Because through the Torah, one draws down God. And from where is this godliness drawn down from? Or, and to where, sorry. And to where is that godliness drawn down to? And to the mind of the one listening. And even though this is what we call captivity, because you're taking God and you're putting Him in captivity in the mind of someone. Now Rabbi is going to explain this um, imagery. This is considered captivity. There is a king bound in chains, in tresses. And what is Barehatim? It's in the Zohar Kadosh. At the end of this Tikunim Tikun Vav, and the Zohar. What does it Barehati mean? In, in chains, mochin, in the rafters of the mind. Meaning that a king, the king is bound in the rafters of the mind. Meaning Hashem, when you draw down Torah to someone, you're drawing God down into the mind of that person listening. And God is bound there. He's imprisoned, as if to say there. Asur daika. Specifically, it says, Melech Asur Barehati. The the king is bound in chains or in tresses or in rafters. Because of the fact that you draw down godliness, Hashem Ibarach, as if to say, within the rafters of someone's mind, this is considered captivity. It says in Tehidim, you took a captive. This is what we're talking about, taking God captivity into someone's mind. Nonetheless, this pleases God. 
This captivity is something holy for Hashem. This, Hashem likes this. That God should be drawn down into captivity through the Torah. Hashem is happy with this. Even though it's imprisonment, Hashem is happy. Whenever one teaches Torah to a student who isn't fitting, you draw down um, his godliness, blessed be he, within the mind of that person who isn't fitting. This is literal imprisonment. Therefore, the person who's teaching Torah is punished into, into imprisonment. It's midak negin midat, measure for measure, just because, just like you taught someone who wasn't fitting, therefore you deserve, um, and you draw, you drew down, uh, you drew God down into imprisonment, into the mind of the person who isn't fitting, so too you should be prison, uh, imprisoned as well. And now this explains, what Rabbi Shimon was Rabbi Akiva Alken, therefore, Sabah Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai thought, This is why Rabbi Akiva was in prison, because of that idea we just mentioned. Because he was teaching people who weren't worthy, and people were at a shiurim who weren't worthy, and those people who weren't worthy um, were literally taking God captive, obviously. And by default, because of that, Rabbi Akiva would be in prison. This is what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai thought. Because because through imprisonment, he will be rectified. And that imprisonment would refine the words that enter those improper students. So Rabbi Shimon Bar thought that Rabbi Akiva going into prison was a good thing to rectify the words that he told those people who weren't worthy of listening to those words. You will be imprisoned so that your words may be tested. Meaning what? You're going to be imprisoned to rectify the words that you told those past students who weren't worthy. This is what Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai told Rabbi Akiva's teacher, to teach him Torah. And therefore, by teaching Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Torah, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai said, this is the way to rectify the blemish that you made above. That if you are teaching unworthy students, teach me Torah, teaching, teach a student who is worthy Torah, and therefore you'll be able to rectify the words that you spoke to the unworthy students, and now you'll be able to be taken out of prison. Because you will be, now Rabbi Akiva will be able to rectify the blemish of teaching Torah to those improper students. And this beautifully explains this most amazing idea, this most amazing concept that Rabbi Shimon Yochai, the real understanding of this real story. Rabban was giving us the soul behind the story, a story that on the surface level makes no sense at all. And yet Rabbi, uh, Rabban was giving us these most awesome secrets. Uh, Baruch Hashem. So uh, that's, we're going to pause here for today. And Bezalat Hashem, we're going to continue the explanation of the story in the next podcast. Bezalat Hashem.